time for the podcast. The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook and use promo code RTRS and brought to you by By Nature Pet Foods. Slow cook with Superfusion, home of the Soft Shit Award. Get 20% off your first order at Amazon or Chewy by using code 20RTRS. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of The Process at ProcessRealtor.com and stateside. Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter. Vodka sodas back in stock. Great news. Statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Ben Simmons tells the Sixers he doesn't want to be on the team. He's not going to report to camp. uh, And he wants to go to a California team. Maybe, maybe not. Rich Paul maybe told the Sixers that Tyrese Maxey would have to be traded too, but then said that maybe that didn't happen. And then Joel Embiid decided to weigh in on Twitter first in a very funny way and then in sort of a serious, annoying way about the whole thing. So we'll talk about all of it. Two quick things. One, the Bark in the Park run team for Providence Animal Center. The right Ricky Sanchez Bark in the Park run team is alive again. Here's the goal. 100 members of the run team, $15,000 raised. We're at, I think, like 4500 bucks raised and only like 25 members. If you join the team and raise at least 75 bucks, you get the cool T-shirt and it all benefits Providence Animal Center. Thank you to By Nature and to Big Barker for uh, buying the T-shirts. And thank you to Anthony, who donated 100 bucks on Instagram Live the other day uh, when I was talking and raising money for Providence Animal Center. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. And also a brand new episode of Carl Landry Record Club. A shout out to Mootloo and Amos, who are on the road now, playing Boulder, Colorado, I think tomorrow and the next day. Uh, my co-host Mootloo and I talk about the album's Hospice by the Antlers and Sam's Town by the Killers on a new episode. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has by, been identified by a listener's wife as a poor man's John Hamm. That is Mike Levin. I accept. Uh, Ricardo says, I'm a big fan of the pod. I was watching the last episode on TV. My wife passes by while I was watching, looks at the TV, and the first thing she says that comes out of her mouth is, that guy on the right looks like a poor man's John Hamm. Mike appears to be into TV shows and the arts, so I thought it would be interesting that he takes the comment my wife made as a compliment. It may, quote, sound bad initially, but I believe it's a compliment. I mean, John Hamm is beautiful. Any iteration of him can't be too far on the other side of that spectrum. Your thoughts? Fine. Yeah. Poor man's John Hamm. I would take that. That's a great comparison. So, All right. So a quick recap of our last 48 hours in Sixers land, just the shittiest sports land in the world. Just the worst run 
Run, fucking run. Okay, Keith Pompey reports that Ben Simmons sat down with Josh Harris, Elton Brand, and Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers in California and told them he uh, would not, does not want to be on the Sixers, wants to be traded, and would not report to camp. Uh, That's also what Pompey reported. Then Jason Dumas of uh, in San Francisco, but of Philly reported that Rich Paul also told the Sixers that they have to move Tyrese Maxey too, and that local events were canceled for Maxey where we're told to be canceled. Then Dumas and then Kendrick Perkins said that that's not true. I, I don't think Jason Dumas just like made that up. I maybe he wasn't supposed to say it that way. I don't know. Dumas did walk it back. He, he, he did. That's what I said. He walked it back and Perkins did, but like what I guess what I would say is there was no way Dumas wasn't told that by like, I wonder if he was supposed to deliver the first message in the way that he delivered it. So um, then Chris Broussard, wait, I forget. Somebody said that Ben Simmons would only go to one of the three California teams, even though there are four. Chris Broussard then reported that Ben Simmons would go to any team beside the Sixers. And then Joel Embiid first makes a good like joke tweet yesterday about Real Madrid and trade, and then goes into a whole fucking thing, which we'll get into later. Um, do you want to start? I, I, there's like so much here. I, I, I don't think it's like anything though. Like uh, the idea that Ben wasn't going to come to camp was like something that was, whether it's public or not, was hanging over this whole thing. The Sixers very clearly are trying to trade him. Everybody, there are already reports about him not, you know, people not talking to each other or, or whatever, ignoring calls, bullshit. I think it's just like, look, everybody knows the deal. He doesn't want to be I, here. They don't want to be here. Now, finally, Clutch is like starting to put pressure on the, the Maxi thing aside. Clutch is starting to put pressure on them to be like, do do a trade, please, quickly, because we want this to be wrapped up. And the Sixers have incentives to wrap it up quickly, but. I think Daryl, if he doesn't get a, I I think Daryl will wait for the best deal, even if it is annoying to have him have this drag into camp and call his bluff or whatever. I don't think the Sixers would mind if if they do hold on to Ben. I don't think they're like begging him to come into camp. I think they know that everybody knows what Ben can do. If people like him, if GMs like him right now, they won't start to dislike him because he's sitting out of a situation that they probably feel is toxic. It is. I don't think that this, this, the maxi thing aside, I really don't think this made much of a difference at all. Okay. I agree. And I disagree. First of all, I agree in that this was always going to happen. I disagree in that. That's what everybody knew. I was told regularly that they can just bring him back and they could regain his value. And that now that the, the, um, the, the market isn't there that, you know, they're not going to trade him. So I, th- I think like that first thing, I, I think I, d- I don't think everybody was on the same page with that. And I, I don't know that the Sixers were I, I think they knew they had to move him, um, but I, I don't know that they were expecting this move at this time. Um, the second thing I think is debatable. I've always as far as like leverage goes with the Sixers, I've always said that the leverage is having the player. It doesn't matter if they. You know, like we, we, when we talked about Anthony Davis or you talk about years ago with Carmelo Anthony, would, who would only go to one team that even with James Harden, as he that the leverage is the player. The problem is not their leverage. The problem is that people don't want the player as much as they would hope. Um, I do think, as Mike O'Connor wrote, there is high comedy in 
been like demanding a trade. Um, like it, you can go back years. And I, I remember I said at one point that years ago, this will come down to Ben or Joel. And that didn't have to be true. Like the, the, the only person who could have changed that was Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons created this entire thing. This is all, everything. Every, there were mistakes made along the way. Uh, Elton Brand made mistakes. Daryl Morey, I think, made mistakes. Brett Brown made, made, made mistakes. Uh, Brian Colangelo obviously made mistakes. There were tons of mistakes made along the way. But they all could have m- been mitigated by the player acknowledging his deficiencies and working on them. But instead, he decided to not only like not do that, but insist with a, a legion of idiots behind him, but insist and surrounding him that not only did he not need to improve it, but anyone who thought that was a fucking idiot. And like, you should roll your eyes and you should talk about how um, he didn't play in the league and he's a fucking all-star and yada, yada, yada. Like he caused this. Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons alone caused this. The reason that this isn't working out like the reason that this is a bad day for the Simmons and Embiid can work together crowd is simply because of Ben Simmons. And like for him to not acknowledge the very simple fact that a player shooting the basketball would improve his game. And by the way, like I'm sick to death of the whole, well, he went through a mental thing and like you shouldn't talk about it. The reason he went through a mental thing is because he did not improve in a way that would allow him to play basketball. And when defenses made it impossible, that's why the mental thing happened. Like this wasn't like a, a guy who that there wasn't any lead up to this. There was a slow lead up to this. So I just think it's like comical and annoying that a person in his particular position as like, I don't know, the 35th or 40th best player in the NBA can be like, I demand a trade. It's like, I, no, you cannot quit because we are firing you. Like you, you don't get to do demands if you're at this level in the game. You don't get to do demands after you just had like a legendary playoff collapse, and you don't get to do demands like because you're upset that the coach, who, who by the way, spent like six months bullshitting the entire country about how good you were. Um, like because he made one bad comment about you or Joel Embiid made one bad comment about you. Like the best way for him to get out of here is to like is for him and his camp to like kind of shut the fuck up right now and and maybe play a game for a little bit. And like I just don't think issues with, with the franchise aside, I don't think like he him acting this way in this position, I, I think is inappropriate. And he can do whatever he wants, like fucking obviously, but like whether it's right or wrong, like this is just like, it's wrong. Like you don't get to do that. Like Rich Paul, this is not Anthony Davis. It's not LeBron James. It's Ben Simmons. Um, so I just think it's like ridiculous that a guy of his of his stature doing, performing the way that he just performed uh, with the attitude that he had during the entire thing. Like, I just think it's like, comical and kind of insulting so yeah i mean i'm just the idea that a guy that like everybody's shitting on him and the team is very publicly trading him for him to be like yeah well i also don't want to come back like that just doesn't 
But that's that not what happened. That's not what happened. He, it, he, I mean, it basically is. He's no, basically, his agent's like, hey, they don't. he doesn't want to come into camp. If you guys don't want him, you clearly don't want him. So he no, wants no. to be moved. And but, here's his preferences because he is a three-time all-star. He can, he, they, they're allowed to ask for that. You're, you're, ask for a trade. You're, ignoring, ask for trades all you're, the you're ignoring the most important part of this is that, yes, you can have that meeting. There are plenty of players who have had that meeting without leaving the meeting and texting Keith Pompey and telling him to write it. Like that, that's the difference. The difference is, is that I am sure as we knew uh, two months ago when Rich Paul met in Chicago with Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, that they knew that this was going on, like, and that they were on board and that they were part of the process. There's an incredibly different, there's an incredibly big difference between telling them that this is what your preference is and then going and texting Keith Pompey and giving him the details of the meeting and having him write it. Like that's a different thing. They're two different things. Yeah, I mean, it's it clearly Rich Paul thinks that this is the best way for their camp to use the le- you put pressure on the Sixers and get the outcome that they want. I don't know if it's good or bad. I think Rich Paul probably sucks. I like that Nerlens is out here tweeting about it. Um, oh, he did. What did he say? That's good. He he said he responded to a Kendrick Perkins thing and called him, I think, a clown or something like that. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, I oh, think, I, I, think we, I think that was about. The Nerlens uh, thing, though, not about it's not about the Ben thing. Okay, uh, I think that the yeah, I mean, like Ben didn't get better at the things that he should have got better at, like that's for sure. But he was still a good player, and the Sixers, I will, as a Ben Simmons centrist, they still didn't ever get him a backup five to play with who can shoot the ball ever, and that's been a problem for years, and will continue this year whether Ben will be here or not. Um, and they didn't surround him with like, uh, and none of the point guards that they got, like, look, I think the, the Ben is a point guard situation, like came about in a way that was like the Sixers wanted it. And then Ben was like, okay, I want it. And no, then they didn't no, get it exactly. He was a power forward in college, dude. Like, yes, like, he was a they, power they should have, whether guys want anything or whatever, like guys, like the Sixers didn't do a good enough job of getting like good penetrators. Fultz would have been that, but obviously what happened happened. And so it's like ben, like ben is responsible for the things Ben's responsible for, and I think the Sixers are responsible for not doing a better job to mitigate those weaknesses. The Sixers traded for Jimmy Butler, and then Jimmy Butler was gone because Ben didn't want Jimmy Butler around. They yeah, they didn't get, they didn't get along, Butler. and Jimmy also didn't like to shoot. It was not not a perfect not a perfect situation. Yes, but they got they they like like he didn't want other people doing that job. Like like that I, I just don't. I don't I don't think that's entirely true. They just didn't do a better job around him. And by the way, like even if they do that, he's still got to do something when he he doesn't have the ball and he 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 doesn't do it. Uh, the, the rights to Ricky Sanchez is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, we're talking about basketball, but football is right around the fucking corner, 10 days away. We're actually a week away, eight days away. We get the first football. Uh, and the be- the place to bet football is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. With the NFL returning, DraftKings giving new customers 200 bucks in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a bet of a dollar or more on any week one game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And current customers can participate in DraftKings week one as well. If you're a current customer opening night, you can double your money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. So you can get Tampa Bay uh, plus 74. Yes. Tampa Bay plus 74. There you go. Uh, 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code RTRS to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code RTRS to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Um, to your point about uh, Rich Paul sucking, I have no doubt that there was some conversation about Tyrese Maxey that he probably had to walk back. Um, something had to have happened there. You know, like I, yeah, you know, I mean, so. what, a, what, a, what malpractice as an agent to be like, oh hey, God. this, this situation that Maxi, if Ben gets traded for basically anything that isn't Dame, yep, Maxi, it is a beautiful situation for Maxi to step into a, a, a massive role and be allowed to improve on a really big stage and get, and get 30 plus minutes a game. And to be like, well, he's getting traded also is like, fuck you, man. Like, if I'm Maxi or I'm Maxi's, whoever, business manager or parent or anybody, I'm like, fuck, if this is true, like, go fuck yourself. We can hire any other agent. Um, So I would be pissed off about that. And like, we, I will not tolerate any poisoning the well between the city of Philadelphia and Tyrese Maxey. Absolutely not. Like Maxey is in his current, like, you know, there a lot of players go through this stage, but like trade anybody but him stage in Philadelphia. Like the Philadelphians love him. He's got a, a good, you know, he has a, a chance at a, a good role here. If he ends up getting traded, which is possible, you know, that's fine. But he just to be used as like a fucking pawn by Rich Paul, who um, is like playing agent, you know, or like what he thinks an agent would do on TV, like pulling this bullshit um like clearly something happened there so then um well i i guess a question for you do you think they can just like i don't think his value can go down if he doesn't play do you think they can just like nfl you know how sometimes in the nfl you just wait around for an injury to happen and then you know like what happened uh in philly with bradford do you think that they could just they could enter camp with him on the team, season start with him on the team, just sitting out and wait around. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. I, I would rather the right deal present itself in the next month or so. Um, and I think there's also a world where if it doesn't look good, that that his, his training, his, his I'm not coming to training camp thing is a bluff or he just decides later on, like, you know what? I want to play basketball, I'll play basketball, like – if, if they're saying they can't get the value from me, I'll decide to play. I mean, I'm not ruling that out at all. I think there's a possibility it gets worse or it's a very explosive situation between him and Doc or him and Joel, although things, again, seem fine with him and Joel um, or the him in the city of Philadelphia, whatever. Um, it is, I'd rather not happen, but I think it's possible. Like, I think him him just sitting out and being like, okay, it's either some team gets hit with injuries or uh, the cocktail of players in some, in some team doesn't work out and they just decide like, you know, we don't, we don't like that. There's a million things that are going to happen between now and the trade deadline for several teams that are going to be like, okay, this is untenable. So it's right now we're in a very harmonious aside from the Sixers harmonious uh, period of the off season for every team. Everyone's happy with the players they drafted. The free agency was a big success for a bunch of people. I'm sure they're thrilled 
they got a new coach it's all going to work out uh but after a couple months then it starts to it starts to sour so then there there could be a chance for for a ben trade then but as as bodner wrote about it today in the athletic like it's it's just a weird situation because he's not he's not as good as harden and anthony davis so he can't just like command a big package from anyone he's a very specific player there's the league is very polarized on him um he's had a ton of success uh personally and then a ton of uh failure on a big stage um and he's got and he's still young and he's still got a ton of years left on his deal it's just a really weird unique situation guys like this don't like come around very often on the trade market so openly and so there's some teams that there's just not there's not that we talked about this before there's just not that many teams that can be possible for sacramento like there's if they're saying we're not trading De'Aaron Fox, then like fuck off. Um, yeah, what's the? Which yeah. I get why they wouldn't. I'm not saying like they're stupid to not do that. I'm just saying like <laughs> if you're if you are not doing that, then this the trade won't happen to Sacramento. Um, obviously Portland is is there. You know Minnesota. If D'Angelo Russell was good, I'd I'd pounce on it, but he's not. Um, they were talking. There was a report from. Uh, I don't know his name, John. It looks like Krasinski, but it's all—it's not Krasinski. <laughs> right. Every time I see it, it's—it's it's that guy from the office. Yeah, where he said like Ben. Want, there's there's idea that Ben would want to play with his friends, Cat and Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, and it's like, well, Great. so who's coming back then? <laughs> right. And so then it'd be Malik Beasley and like Torian Prince's contract and Jaden McDaniels and a bunch of picks, like. I think what may end up happening if it does become untenable trade wise to or to keep him on the team it might just do like a well let's do the half step let's do the like assuring Embiid and whoever let's do the all right we are trading Ben for a couple guys that can help now and a ton of picks or role players or whatever or young players that we can then flip later on once once there is that you know that opens up your team of who you could trade a bunch of stuff for um but then you're competing kind of more with like the Oklahoma cities and Houston's and all the stuff of player teams that have a bunch of assets at their disposal. So it would require a player to be like, Hey, I want to be traded. And also I would like to go to Philadelphia, which hasn't ever happened. So, well, yeah, I, I think the advantage would be maybe not Philadelphia, uh, you know, above all else, but a Philadelphia above the, the other teams, a, a rebuilding with. team. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, there's been a lot of smoke uh, with Minnesota, and obviously it's it's real. But to your point, if they're not going to trade any of those guys, I do think that that's possible. And remember, you know, it's something we talked about last week is that there is a possibility, and it just feels that way to me, that the Lillard thing could blow up in the first couple of weeks of the season totally when, could. That team's, when that team's not good enough. And that's know? clearly, that's, that's both what's being reported and what seems to be the case of like, any other trade, whether it's San Antonio for DeJounte Murray and Kelton Johnson or Derek White and like a bunch of stuff, like picks and stuff, or the Minnesota thing we just talked about, or like Detroit or something in a, in a three-team trade, whatever, maybe like Dallas and, and like Porzingis goes to Detroit or something like that. I've been fiddling around on various trade machines, obviously. Um, they're, they're just not as good of options as Damian Lillard. And so it feels a little bit like Daryl is, you know, bunkered down in his office as it's getting like pelted with various uh, armed machinery. Um, and he's just holding on as long as he can until 
he has to make and until he has to make that move. I don't know where that metaphor went, but it it's just like you can I get why he's holding on. I get why he's just like the the barrage of of reports and rumors and people are angsty and the city's upset and me personally I just want it to be over like I would love to not talk about this anymore I would love to just talk about like the Sixers with whoever they get for Ben like moving on into the season and and what it's going to look like it would be um, such a relief wouldn't it even if it's somebody sh- like not as good as we wanted it would probably. just be a relief to it's talk hard about to, it's hard to even imagine like what that would be because I'm assuming that if it, if it's for some like if it's for Malik Beasley Jade McDaniels and like two or three first round picks from Minnesota, then it's like, all right, that's plenty of picks. That's going to look good probably because Minnesota has been bad for so long. Um, it's hard to be disappointed by stuff because the Sixers didn't lose anybody this off season. They didn't yeah. lose anybody. They, they, they lost De- Dwight Howard, who was horrendous in the playoffs and Mike Scott, who was out of the rotation and a couple other uh, Anthony Tolliver was just waived. Um, so like they're, they're at full strength and they've added, George Niang, who's going to be a solid rotation player. Isaiah Joe and B-Ball Paul, second year. Maxi is making a leap. Like, the the odds are it's second year of Doc. Theoretically, guys are more comfortable. Maybe there's less COVID restrictions. Like, there's reason to be optimistic about, like, other players getting better and, and continuing to gel and stuff. So, it's just whatever they get for Ben. So, I, I wonder what, if you just simply say, hey, Ben's not going to play the first two months of the year. Not going to play. We're going to say they plan on trading him in like the, over the Christmas holiday or something. What they look like just minus Ben. Just minus Ben. Like yeah. it's, it's interesting to think about. So it, that would be a, you know, the, the your lineup is like you put Tobias at the four and then you go Maxi with Danny and and whoever, I, either Seth or maybe you'd say Shake as a secondary ball handler and have Seth come off the bench. Um Probably maybe Matisse in there if you if you yeah. like that, but then probably then, then you're still if if you don't have yeah I mean it's tough you want you want a bunch of shooting out there like and that's why that's where the complications come when it's like okay so you have Tobias who's reluctant you have Matisse who's reluctant or bad um, Maxi is getting better but we'll see how long it takes you kind of want Seth out there but then all of a sudden it's like so Seth is your like primary initiator. Like no, he's actually yeah. going to be point guard. That's tough. You want it to be Maxi, and I think you have to. You'd have to put it up, put him out there for it, and 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 just like mix and match the bench bench players with whoever shoots. So it'd be interesting. I think that team would be a top five team in the Eastern Conference for in the regular season, um, and then we'll see if they add somebody else. It's just it's just really weird. It just feels like we've been in this holding pattern for so long. Um, it's yeah. exhausting. It is exhausting, and it's it's very tiresome. It feels like the Sixers are a like a TV show that's going on like for several seasons too long. Yeah. And they're just like, just cancel it. Just end the show. Just please put it out of their misery. I know there's a bunch of like <laughs> crew people who work on the show that have like that love it. And it's a, it's a family and we're having a great time and everybody's made uh, connections with friends. We'll never forget with memories. We hate remembering, but it's just like, end it, end the show, go on to another show. Something it feels like torturous. We've been, there's so many like, Fucking monumental shark jumps that we're just, I'm just, I'm just dying over here. Just move along. So we will get to the Joel Embiid thing and the soft shit award in just one moment. Um, the, I can't wait to read uh, Alonzo's newsletter tomorrow. The, the corner three newsletter comes out on Thursdays. Subscribe at writes to rickysanchez.com slash newsletter brought to you by Stateside Vodka, which is from Philly. The vodka itself, amazing, gluten-free, uh, 
filtered a bazillion times. But the vodka sodas, which are amazing, it's still hot out. The vodka sodas are back in stock, $8.99 for a party pack, statesidevodka.com. All right, Mike, the soft shit award, the by nature soft shit award coming up in moments. You have It's been a little while since we did the soft shit award, so you have that. Think about that in a second. Speaking of soft shit, with these storms, my dog will not go outside and go to the bathroom. I'm terrified that as we record this, uh, it's going to happen. The good thing is, is because he eats by nature, if he shits in the house, they will just they they won't be soft. It's going to be well formed poop, and that's because it is a super healthy pet food. Look, you yeah uh, you are what you eat, right? It's the same thing with with pets. You need to get your pet the best food. How do you get the best food? Best ingredients, cook it the best way. That is by nature pet food. It is uh, made with super um, proteins, premium proteins. The first thing is the protein, super ingredients, super probiotics, apple cider vinegar, spinach, blueberries. And it's so healthy, you don't need to worry about small dog, small cat, big dog, big cat. No, healthy is healthy. And it's cooked with super fusion. It is slow cooked so your pet gets more nutrients because it's more nutrient rich very, very, very important. All that leading up to very firm poop. 20% off your first order at Amazon or Chewy by using code 20RTRS. That is 20RTRS, by nature pet food, better ingredients, better cooking, by nature pet food, soft shit award, Mike Levin. I'm going to give the soft shit award to a man who is currently holding the soft shit of a newborn baby, Michael Weber. Oh, a kid. Oh, wow. And so he literally is keeping soft shit on his person at all times now. So congratulations to Weber and Allie. Uh, love Congrats. Very exciting. Can't wait to meet it. this little, this little Furkan Korkmaz Weber. What a beautiful name. Um, <laughs> just a perfect pick, I think. So congrats. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Ben Simmons will be gone and that it seems to, it to at one point have driven a wedge between Mike Weber and me. And I'm, I'm glad that um, that wedge can be gone. Congratulations, uh, Weber and Allie. So Embiid, the first day the Ben St- uh, Simmons story comes out, goes out and tweets jokes about a Real Madrid trade or something. Like he was just being normal Joel. He was very funny. But then today... Somebody, Jeff Ziglett from USA Today, said that the Simmons and Bead rift had been escalating. A person with knowledge of the situation told USA Today Sports. So here is what Embiid goes. Sources, trust me, bro. Stop using my name to push people's agendas. I love and hate drama. I love playing with Ben. Stats don't lie. He's an amazing player, and we all didn't get the job done. It's on me personally. I hope everyone is back because I know we're good enough to win. Then next, I haven't forgotten But two years ago, I got booed. People in Philly wanted me to be traded. I even shushed them. Only the real ones didn't, but I just put uh, in the work that offseason to be better because I knew I wasn't playing up to my potential. Philly fans, y'all also got to be better. Um, From my own experience, y'all have no idea how much the media makes up stuff for followers and shame on you for believing them. For clarity, I love criticism. I love when I'm told I can't do something. It makes me work harder to prove everyone wrong, but not everyone is built like that. So just like the the right at the end, just the right back to Ben. Um, look, this is I Joel not wanting to get blamed for the Ben Simmons situation. Uh, like most of this is horseshit, and I'm disappointed that 
he tweeted like this, not just for the fans thing, but like straight out of the the politics book of the media just makes stuff up, which like, bro, you were part of CAA for years. Like, let's not act like your agency doesn't manipulate the media, even on on your behalf sometimes too. Um, And let's not act like everything that the media says is like, I just hate like the whole, the media's lying, the media's lying, the media's lying. Because a lot of this stuff is true and it's unfair to everyone else. Also for the fans thing, dude, we we like took trips to come see you not play in in different cities. And uh, these fans have, honestly stood behind this team better than any fans I think have stood behind any team like just like enough of this shit like you gotta be they don't have to be better they didn't throw anything at anyone they didn't like they didn't show well, up the, at Ben Simmons at well, yes yes one guy did but that that's not what we're talking about like yeah. and and it's it's just like it's such an unfortunate bullshit thing for him to say, I understand he doesn't want to be blamed for the Ben thing. I understand he's probably frustrated. I will love Joel forever. We all say shit we shouldn't have said. But like, I just don't like the media's lying. They always lie. Shame on you. And Philly fans, you got to be better. No, actually, like you guys got to be better. <laughs> like that's The problem wasn't the fans not being good. Uh, the problem was the team this year. And I, I think they were actually fine supportive of Ben Simmons. We've been over this and every other player on this team, uh, except for maybe Danny Green and Robert mm-hmm. Covington over the That's last right. 10 years. So. That's accurate. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Ben and Ben and Markel have gotten plenty of support. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge athletes from being like, from being like pissed off when people are mean to them. And especially if you're the kind of person you can find anything on the internet. Like, I'm sure people, I'm sure there's Blazers fans on the internet that are say shit, saying shit about Dame. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of places. I'm sure before Steph won a championship, there were plenty of stuff. Like, people, it's, if you go to a wide enough group of people, you're, you can find the haters. You can always yes. find the haters. If I was a professional athlete and I'm not, I would just not be on anything. Thank you I for would, clarifying. I would never be, I am, well, I'm, I'm a semi professional athlete. Oh, I would, yeah. I would not, well, I'm, I'm a professional athlete in the sense that, like, Chris Kumaje was too scared to face me in a three-point contest. I'll That's, say that. that did happen. He um, was. I can attest. I just wouldn't be on anything because there's no. You'd get nothing out of it. You get no value out of it. Maybe have an Instagram post, like have somebody else post your like nice pics or whatever. But like, don't look at it. It's not for you. You don't need it. It's bad. So I I get why all professional athletes and the people around them that like are a lot of a lot of like yes people. Um, would just be like, hey, man, that's bullshit. Fuck them. They just want to hate you. Like, chip on your shoulder. Whatever you need to get a chip on your shoulder. Fucking LeBron has a chip on his shoulder from, like, people still. It's like, dude, you're the best or second best player of all time. Like, there's no chip. Like, the chip is gone. But people have to do that. They have to make it up to feel like they're it's us against the world kind of thing. It's people just, whatever. Everybody, there's there's so many, like, us against the fans thing. And in some places, the players are right. And in some places, just like, I don't. And won't begrudge fans for booing when the team sucks in any, not just Philadelphia, anywhere. And like Javi Baez being upset about the Mets fans booing him. It's like, well, the Mets fucking suck. Like they Mets fans should boo the Mets. And so, and Phillies fans until this recent run should boo the Phillies. Like fuck you, Sean Rodriguez. Like it's just, it happens. This is, this is the perennial thing. So I think athletes are right to be in their feelings I would recommend that they ignore almost everything 
But I also can't blame the fans for being pissed off when their team loses because they pay money and they pay their time. And, you know, they're allowed to be like, respectfully, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And 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 to your point about like social media, like most of the people commenting on articles and tweeting, like it's not most people. Do you know what? Do you know how most people handle sports? They watch it. And then they're either happy or sad, and then they fucking turn it off and go back to their life. Yeah, but that's what, I mean, Embiid's probably thinking the fans. He's not thinking about, like, the people that flew to Minnesota. He's thinking, like, some random, you know, WIP caller or whatever it is. Or any talk radio caller, not WIP specific. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely talk radio callers and not people on Twitter. Or people on Twitter or anything. Or people on the street or people on fucking Comcast Sportsnet, whatever the fuck. But but I, I guess what I would say is, like, there is an equal number of, like, if, if you take the diehard lunatics that fly to Minnesota and Indiana and throw them out, right? And then you take the lunatics that like are tweeting incessantly about getting rid of Ben Simmons and getting myself maybe included and get rid of them. The rest of people are just normal supportive fans. Like they're just normal fans that get upset when the team loses and get happy when the team wins. And they're like, this just doesn't, the, the world in which uh, fans are just, you know, only supportive only exists with St. Louis baseball. You know, it just, it doesn't, that's not how it works. It doesn't have to work that way. And like, this will never, not only yeah, will the, it not a fan change base is, Yeah. A fan base is not a monolith. Like it's never going to be anywhere. Yeah. Like people are going to be whatever they're going to be. Cause and, they're people. And, and by the way, like I love Joel. Like I, I think Joel is a great player. I think he's great for the city. And I mentioned CAA, like that everyone's doing what they got to do for their own shit. You know, agencies are leaking to um, uh, writers and like all this, everybody's doing, but like, I, I, uh, I, I don't begrudge them, I guess, for doing that. But like, let's not act like we're not all part of it. You know, Joel, let's not act like you're not part of it. Um, and let's not act like the the fans haven't been a reason that that he he loves it, you know. So um, I don't know. I I think it mostly came down to he didn't want when he saw that one thing about the rift between Embiid and Simmons or whatever. I think it probably triggered something inside of him, like ho 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 ho. Like I don't want to be thought of as the reason that this happened, and um, it probably pushed him to that. But. Which I get, especially because if, especially if like over the last year, it's like, Hey, we have a great relationship. We, it used to be like more like stilted. And over the last year it was good. So don't say that this is on me. Like I get it. I don't know. I get everybody's perspective on this. I get why the Sixers want to trade him. Obviously I get why fans are pissed off and wanted to move on. Obviously I get why Joel's like, we should be better. I should be, I'm taking responsibility, but also like get, get me somebody better. And I get why Ben's like, well then fuck off. Like I've, I've performed a lot on a bunch of levels. I, I don't think he's saying I'm the perfect player. Is he being as introspective as I'd like him to be? Absolutely not. But is he, did he get, did he get good enough for me to, for me to like go to the mat saying like, we don't need to trade him? No, but it's just, it's time to move on. And we've been in this fucking purgatory for so long and I'm, yeah. I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to use that Al Horford trade exception, which expires in a week. It expires on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Wasn't week, it? Right. Isn't it Wednesday? A week from like six days. Oh yes, that's a week. I didn't remember what day it was. I'm sorry. So yeah. Let's let's just keep it moving. Like get the fuck. Come on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to maybe if nothing happens, we should just like should we yeah, do a non-basketball podcast on Saturday or something? Like I, I feel like I can't fucking talk about this anymore. Um this is from Brian. His non-basketball question, which is actually a basketball question, what is the non-basketball equivalent of asking for a trade from a team that doesn't even want you? 
telling your ex you've decided to see other people after they've already broken up with you? What would the non-basketball equivalent to this be? Yeah, I mean, like, I get why he's saying, like, you can't, you can't fire me, I quit. Like, I, I quit. get that that's yeah. the thing. But, like, imagine if he leaked to the thing, like, I want to be here still. Unfinished right. business. I deserve yes. to be here. People will be like, that's, like, pathetic, dude. Like, what are you doing here? Why you would think- you? I think people will be like, that's pathetic. Like, go, you, you're not wanted. Like, get out of here. I, I don't care if you want to stay. Like, that's a, and that I, as a professional athlete who's getting paid tens of millions of dollars, who's made multiple all star teams and the second defensive player of the year, I would be like, well, then, like, fuck off. I'll go somewhere else. I would do the same thing. I get why it's like, you can't fire me. I'll leave. Like, I understand. But it's also, <laughs> I'm, I don't think he should be clamoring to stay after how the last few months has gone. Yeah, I, I agree that he shouldn't be clamoring to say. I don't think that the reaction locally would be uh, that you're pathetic. I think the, the thing that Bryce Harper has proven is that all Philly wants is for you to say that you like Philly and you want to be here. And I think, uh, I, I think like the further you get away from the end of the season, the more willing people are to just forget about it and just sort of turn because people generally want to be optimistic about sports teams because if you're not optimistic if you don't think it's going to be good what the fuck are you doing like why are you watching it or anything so i i don't i don't agree that they wouldn't uh that they would have um reacted that way but i do agree on the whole about why he he wouldn't want to be here um write ricky sanchez at gmail.com write ricky sanchez at gmail.com is where you send um questions also we're doing this live on youtube and twitch and twitter if you want to ask a question um cj will tell us if there's something good but mailbag question hi can we get your take on the mets thumb down controversy on the next pod very interested to hear where you fall on it uh so i'm obviously working in new york for the mets thumb down thing it was incredible that Baez was just honest about it. Like, I, I was stunned. Like, that is really being mad at the fans to not only do this whole thing for a month, but to then tell everyone what it is. I, it, it struck me as, man, what a great story this would be if this team ripped off nine out of ten or something, and it could be like the Jimmy Rollins, like calling fans front runners, or the Embiid shush or something like that, but the Mets just aren't good enough for that to happen. The whole thing seemed kind of pathetic, though I guess I could make the argument that if it was a way for them to bond and play well, I don't know, like it, 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 that shit never goes well. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe he was honest about it. That was I like Javi Baez. Um, I think he's a fun player, wild player, yeah. um, takes risks, very uh, fun to root for, but I mean... Fuck the Mets. I hope they lose every game. And he's stunk, by the way, since he's uh, since he got to the Mets. He's been terrible. So uh, the Rice Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the process realtor. Boy, it's a it's a nightmare out there buying a place. You know it, Mike. I know it. It's a nightmare. It's uh, the, the houses go quick. They go for way over asking all this stuff. But then you look and you're like, interest rates are at record lows. I got to get a house. Adam Kasabi, you need a real realtor by your side, a great realtor, an honest realtor, Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E. His team has Delaware and Maryland on lockdown. They're based out of Long and Foster and Bethany Beach. So if you want a beach house in Delaware, anywhere, Newcastle County, anywhere in Maryland, he personally has got you. But for someone like me, 
who refinanced almost a year ago. I needed someone to refinance. I went to Kasabi. He sent me to his guy um, or his team. It was a guy and a girl. So two people. Uh, I needed a, a realtor in North Jersey. I went to Kasabi found me TJ. So um, he can find you somebody everywhere. And he really takes care. He interviews the realtors that he's sending you to. Anyway, like I said, low interest rates right now. Um, Delaware is a great place to buy super low property taxes. But if you need a realtor to help guide you through it, Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, give him a call or text him 302-864-8643. That is 302-864-8643 or email Adam at processrealtor.com. So this email comes from Zach, who is in Australia. We've been in hardcore lockdown for the last two months here in Sydney. And with a newborn at home, it's been challenging times to say the least. I want to thank the both of you and your entire Ricky team for help keeping me sane for the most part. Basketball question. This is a good one. We got this from several people. Could you please do a new enemies of the process ranking? Rich Paul is surely to crack the top three behind Adam Silver and the Colangelos. Have we ever witnessed an agent conspire more against a single team than Paul has? If Paul ends up sabotaging the relationship between Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers as well, he could probably be in the top two. I think we're, we're probably due for an enemies of the process ranking, right? That's a, is that a, a Underberger project, right? I kind of think it's over. I think we're, we're too far. We're past it. It's gone. We are we are the enemies. We're our own enemies. Well, we could be on the list. I mean, we got to have enemies. I don't, if you don't want to participate, that's fine. I'll I'll do it. Just um, feels it just feels you know going back to that well. Like I just want to like be a good team. I just want to like be fucking normal good. Just like just do stuff. Normal stuff. The Sixers. Why? Non-basketball question, which sport has the most devoutly religious players and which sport has the least? Um, I would say football for sure has the most. Uh, that, is, that is my sense. And the least, I would um, guess hockey. You know, there's so many people from down south in the other sports, in, in baseball and, um, and, uh, and basketball. Yeah, I, I, I would guess hockey. Um, you have any guesses, but football is number one, I think, for sure. I think it's all, you know, it's a generalization, obviously, but I think well, for the most part, most professional athletes or a lot of professional athletes are religious and they believe in God because God or whoever, at least in their minds, gave them all these athletic gifts. So fucking so would I. If I was a professional athlete and was like one of the 0.001 whatever percent to like get to make it to the, the top of my field, I'd be like, yeah, fucking God got me like 100%. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the generalization is. It seems like most athletes like are, are, are big God guys. Yeah, I do think it's football and I, you don't hear it in hockey all that much. But uh, from Chris, non-basketball question, seeing as how I live in Colorado, skiing or snowboarding, I ski, snowboarded once, broke both, broke both thumbs at one time. Think that one through. It was a very humbling month or two. Do you have a, I can't do either. I'm not capable. Skiing or snowboarding? Neither. Really? I thought you would have done one. Isn't, aren't there like mountains to, I guess there's mountains to go to everywhere, but I thought people did that out there. I'm a feet on the ground guy. Hmm. Aren't your feet on the ground with both of those sports? No, they're on various sticks. Uh, which are on, which are on, which those things are on the ground. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's fair. Um, from Pete, um, 
I saw on a subscription sports website that Ben Simmons is not going to be reporting to training camp. I have to admit I'm a bit confused by all of this. I probably shouldn't be, but it seems like most trade requests come from star players when the team or management has been poor or has not done enough to keep the star player, if only from the perspective of the star player. In this case, it seems like Ben Simmons wants out because he, from any objective measure, was terrible in the playoffs. Is this a unique situation? Am I misreading this? Can you think of other situations? Yes, there was criticism at the end of the season, but what in the world was not uh, was not justified? Is Simmons' perspective just completely distorted? What do you, can you think of anything like this? Not really. You're gonna do the podcast, man. Like I'm, I'm curious. Like you know, we're we're here. We we both. We got it I'm, it's frustrating to be in the same. I just wanted to be over. We're moving on. I, I'm also looking at the comments. I just found out that we can. I can read the comments. I didn't realize I could do that. Uh, do you want to read the comments? Make it. Uh, I'm still catching up. You're reading all of the comments. Yeah, I went to the top and I've been skimming through it <laughs> as we were reading the stuff. Oh, that's that's a good podcasting. It's great podcasting, I think. Well, I mean, engaging come on, read with the, the high, bazooka spoon says hi, Mike. Mm. There we go. We're there locked in. Uh, hey guys, I'm sure you get these emails all the time, but I'm heading to college this week, and I wanted to thank you guys for everything. I started listening before my freshman year of high school, right before the first default trade. Since that point, four years ago, I haven't missed an episode, and I listen like a maniac to each episode at least three times after it comes out. I'm going to college with the hopes of working in the NBA at some point. So if I fail, I blame you guys for hooking me on this basketball stuff. This is all just blabber to say thank you. The one constant in my life for four years has been the Ricky. So I hope LL and Cornblow keep paying you millions each year to do the podcast. Anyway, my question is about college. Any advice for an incoming freshman? What was your biggest college regret and your biggest reward? This is a totally awful question to ask, ask on the po- answer on the pod, but it's 2 a.m. on a Monday night. Thanks a ton, guys. You have any advice for an incoming freshman? My first week freshman year, maybe like first night, um, I was I, me and my roommate, uh, who I didn't know before, were driving to. We just like like someone's going to the grocery store, and we're like, all right, cool. And so like we got in the backseat with three other people going to the grocery store, and they were playing music. And I was like, okay, maybe these are like my like best friends. Like maybe these people are going to be who I I'm friends with forever. And there was some song, I don't remember what, what the song was. And my roommate, Corey, uh, still a good friend of mine, uh, is black and the other people in the car were white. And the song, I, I wish I remember what the song was, but there's a song where the, the N word comes out and I don't say it. Corey doesn't say it. You mean at, like in a, in a rap way, in a rap song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, the other three white people in the car say it loudly. And then Corey looks at me and is like, makes a face. And we never hung out with those people again. So my advice would be, uh, don't say the N word. If you're white, uh, you make friends that way. It's a good way to make friends. Just be cool about that. That's my advice. Well, my, I think I've told this story before sophomore year. I I had three. So my freshman year, I went to USC and my sophomore year, I I transferred to Syracuse and I got this dorm room with three people I didn't know. They were from central New York somewhere, Cortland maybe. Um, And they asked me if it was okay if they hung a uh, Confederate flag in the common room. And I said no, and they didn't hang it. And that was it. Um, You know, it's just, 
I feel like I got to tell this story. My brother and I were in Las Vegas once and we did a karaoke and we will occasionally do karaoke to Mo Money, Mo Problems. And we did that and <laughs> there, there are a couple of those words in that song. And we accidentally, I think like we'd been like edited the wrong word and like felt it as we did it. And it was like one of the most horrifying things ever. So I would agree with you that that is really not the way that you, you want to, uh, not the way that you want to approach those things. Um, non-basketball question. What is the difference between cream cheese and schmear and what is the best flavor? I thought cream cheese was a kind of schmear. Yeah. Is, right? Like white fish salad would be a schmear. Like whatever you put on bagel, spread on a bagel is a schmear. Anything like creamy to spread on a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best flavor. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I love a white fish salad. Big white oh, fish salad guy. Your, your, your breath smells like it the rest of the day, but it's worth mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I, I don't eat it anymore. I do miss it a lot. Um, white fish salad was awesome. And if I'm going to go with a, a cream cheese, I do love the veggie cream cheese. You know, I'm big on the veggie cream cheese. And then finally, uh, this one is for you. I thought this would be, um, you would enjoy to end on this one. This comes from Jack. I think Mike may enjoy this story. I put it in the comments of one of your videos. So not sure if we saw it, if you saw it, but my brother was the manager of uh, Kendall's high school uh, team, his freshman and sophomore years before he went to uh, UNC. Um, what's his name? Kendall, uh, um, Kendall Marshall. Uh, they were actually good friends. My brother would tutor him in his math classes. Joe Wooten encouraged his players to take easy classes to keep up good GPAs for recruitment. Kendall was obsessed with the song Party in the USA. Everyone else either loved Tyler, the creator, or ghetto rap, but Kendall was the best player, so he got his songs played during practice and warm-ups. All the other players hated it. It was hilarious. They all got along, but everyone hated the music he played. I also guarded R Romello Trimble from UMD, who I believe had a brief Sixers G League or Summer League stint. He did. I'm the year after Mello, and I did all of the variety of workouts my freshman and sophomore year before I realized I wasn't recruited. We recruit from around the world, uh, so I wouldn't make varsity ever. I was 5'8", which didn't help. So there you go. Kendall Marshall loved Party in the USA. I love that. Good for him. Nice. I mean, should have made it. Should have been better. Kendall Marshall had... A stretch, as James Herbert reminded me the last time we talked about Kendall Marshall, had a stretch where he was very good, and it looked like it was going to happen. He he had his Travis Fulgham couple months, and well, I wish I wish I want to go back to that and live in that forever. I remember, just like sixteen assists per game. Kendall Marshall, come on, man, slow as hell, not athletic, couldn't really shoot, but he could friggin' slang that thing. But it looked like he could shoot for like one year, the year before we got him, <laughs> and. I know that you could argue that the Okafor thing was really Hinky's downfall, but the Kendall Marshall thing we forget about, like signing him when he knew he was hurt and he wasn't going to play when they didn't have a point guard. Like that was a that was a bad Hinky moment too. It was a, it, that ended up hurting him, you know. Um, all right, well uh, that's all we got. Maybe we'll talk about basketball this weekend. Maybe we won't. Maybe Michael just read the comments. We could do it live. We could just have a Mike reads all the comments. Um, that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I think the, the thing the thing that I want to move on to basketball wise, I want someone to do an expose in why, what happened with Charles Bassey, like a one year contract for a second round pick that they like bought the two million dollars for the pick that morning, 
and then drafted him. He sat out summer league. It's very bizarre. I know that story would get like 712 clicks, but I personally would like it. So if one of the one of the B writers would wouldn't mind getting the full Charles Bassey story, I would I would accept it. We will if. No, I'm not going to support them. I was going to say we would give something away, but I'm not going to support them. So absolutely not. Uh, yeah, if, uh, you know, who's maybe listening? Uh, Kyle could be listening. Derek listens to every podcast. Um, what's up, Derek? Shout out, Derek. Somebody. Don't we don't have anything me. else to write about. Just so wait for Keith Pompey to write it. I'm sure Clutch will text him. If All right, we'll talk to you this weekend. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like face. If you don't fuck with me... Then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.